It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We've got uh, a great one, kind of a busy one today, actually, uh, for this uh, particular Friday edition of the Tom Sumner program. And uh, yes, we are, in fact, starting out by going to Sesame Street. We're going to hear from uh, Rosita from Sesame Street, one of the furry little Sesame Street friends who... um, has some interesting things to say about what the Sesame Workshop is doing for military families. And then a new book from National Geographic features Maria from Sesame Street. And uh, she's been writing children's books and she's put together um, a, uh, a a wonderful book. She wrote the, uh, the copy and of course it has National Geographic's great photographs. And it's called A World Together. And it's uh, just little bits of information and, and uh, uh, stories and, and uh, just check it out. It's called uh, A World Together, written by uh, actually Sonia Manzano is her name, but most of us know her as Maria from Sesame Street. And then, if that wasn't, uh, if that isn't enough... We're going to talk about Lucille Ball with author Darren Strauss. He has a new book called The Queen of Tuesday, which mixes uh, fact and fiction in a Lucille Ball story. And uh, this this sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Then we're going to hear from uh, Shannon Cizak who's going to check in with us about uh, a chance to do to to get a flu shot in a drive-through so that you can you know, practice social distancing, and still 
make sure that you're defended against uh, the uh, the flu this season. Um, and then, because it's Friday, we're going to turn to uh, our musical guest for today, somebody who's been on the show many times. And, uh, in fact, I played with his band before he went solo. Uh, Bill Toll, a.k.a. Sweet Willie T., will be here. We'll hear some music that he's uh, performed live on our show in the past, but we'll talk about what he's up to during the, the pandemic in a little segment I've been sort of eh, kind of half referring to as bandemic. So anyway, um, wherever you're listening to us, if you're streaming us uh, at com or you're listening to us on uh, Our Voices Radio in Flint, WFOV 92.1 FM. They, uh, they are a broadcast service of the uh, Flint Odyssey House, by the way, Spectacle Productions, and my good friend Paul Herring. Um, wherever you're listening to us, uh, stay tuned because uh, Rosita from Sesame Street is up next. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, this has been a uh, strange time for all of us because of uh, the pandemic and various shelter-at-home orders. But it's it's even tougher on military families who often have to move around and change health care providers. And a special program from the folks at Sesame Workshop uh, called Sesame Street for Military Families is now available. And here to talk about that is Dr. Jeanette Bettencourt, the Senior Vice President for U.S. Social Impact at Sesame Workshop, and Rosita, a five-year-old who hails from Mexico and enjoys uh, teaching Spanish to her friends Elmo, Abby, and Zoe. Um, Welcome both of you, Dr. Bettencourt and uh, Rosita. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, let, let me let me ask first, Dr. Betancourt, what exactly is Sesame Street for military families, and, and how can people find it? Yes, people can find all of the resources we'll be speaking about on SesameStreetForMilitaryFamilies.org, a free website for military families and beyond. But the reason we do this is to help military families in all their milestones and joys and challenges of military life. And one of those challenges, as you indicated, is how do military families who move and have to relocate often also have assistance in their transition with health care, particularly during this time where it's so important to keep connections with a new doctor and other health care providers for the little ones and how we can prepare them to do so. You know, Doctor, we, we often think about uh, p- families that move around a lot with regard to changing schools, but I, I have to admit, I never really mm-hmm. thought about the fact that that means changing doctors. Um, is is that a difficult thing for young people? Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, not only for little ones, but also for the grown-ups. So the way we develop our resources is how do we do this from the point of view of little ones, of young children? And a new doctor visit or any doctor visit 
it's sometimes a little scarier for them because they don't know what's going to happen. So what we've done is approach how we help military families transition by dividing it into stages. What do you do before you relocate it? Relocate, how do you also maintain that connection during the time that you've relocated and established a new relationship? And then what do you do after that doctor's visit? And we do that with wonderful Sesame Street resources that include a digital game that's visiting the doctor, videos and coloring pages and activity sheets so that you're doing this together and preparing together for a new doctor's visit. And Rosita, have you ever had to change doctors and how does that make you feel? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I did, and I do. Um, well, either one, um, it, it makes me feel a little nervous, I have to tell you. But I also feel curious. So I have a lot of feelings about it. And um, But, um, you know, my mommy always tells me that I have to remember that the doctors and the nurses are there to take care of me and to help me, um, you know, be healthy. And they're really friendly. And they're always answering my questions. And I'm always very curious about the tools that they use on me. So it's good that my mommy reminds me those things. And um, and I also, if I'm really, really nervous, I, I, I use belly breathe. Um, you want to you wanna know what is a belly breathe? I do. I can tell you, yes, Tom, see, if you put your hands on your belly, and then you take a very, like, a slow breathe in, and then you slowly breathe out, that if I do that a few times, that helps me relax, too, so that works for me, and, um, and I also, um, my mommy also tells me and reminds me what the doctor might be doing, you know, he, she tells me that, they're going to be checking, you know, my eyes and my ears, and they're listening to my heart and maybe press my belly. And she also tells me when is my shot, you know, day or not, and that I'm ready to hold my mommy's hand. Um, but but that's the way I always feel afterwards. I feel so good. So then I think, okay, I was nervous for nothing because it was so awesome, and I come out with a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody loves a sticker, Rosita. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Betancourt, yeah. Dr. Betancourt, um, how did uh, Sesame Workshop uh, really come up with the idea for this, and and then ultimately develop a program and system of programs? Is it, and uh, I don't want to pile too much on, but it, is it all available online, or is there a television version as well? Yeah, no, all of these resources are available online at Sesame Street for Military Families dot org. And the reason is because we know that our military families and our veteran families are always on the move, right? They're or they're they're much more used to their tablets or their laptops or their mobiles. And so we make these resources accessible in the moment. And again, we've had this incredible privilege of a relationship with military families since 2006. So there's resources on deployment and homecomings and also the joys of, of, of as we're saying, of relocating and how to do that in itself. So the way we do this is actually we listen. We listen 
so much to our military families because what we hear are their challenges as well as joys is what we try to produce resources for. It is their voices that we want to represent and their advice. And are, are these, uh, that makes me think that some of these things may be interactive. Oh, my goodness. Everything is interactive. So for this, we, we have a wonderful digital game called Visiting the Doctor. And there's other digital activities, but there's also wonderful videos. And in this case, there's actual videos that show a medical or a dental well-child visit. Uh, so there's resources also that you can print out, if you wish, that are coloring pages and activities, not only for transitions in healthcare, but also for all the other things I mentioned, relocating itself or deployment or homecoming, uh, healthcare, um, and nutrition as well. We have to wrap things up pretty quick, Doctor, but I want to make sure that people um, know that this um, that there that these programs can work for people who are not necessarily military families as well. Absolutely, we know that transitions in healthcare doesn't apply just to military families. It really can be for any civilian family who may be making a move or changing locations. So again, these resources are freely available in English and Espanol in Spanish at SesameStreetForMilitaryFamilies.org. And and on a final note, uh, Rosita, um, what would you say to young people like you who might be afraid to go to the doctor? Well, I will tell them that um, it's okay to feel a little nervous, but to remember that your mommy or your daddy or your grandparents will be there with you the whole time. And the doctors, they're just trying to get you healthy and to help you. And um, and that it is okay. And maybe you can ask questions to the doctors and ask them if, they, if you, if you want to hear your own heart beating like a drum. Maybe you can ask them to use the stethoscope and ask questions. I also am happy when I go there because I see how much I grown. I love when my the nurse measures me, so that makes me happy. So I just want to tell them that it's going to be okay. Well, thank you both for spending this uh, this time with me, and best of luck uh, with what you're doing for military families. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, gracias. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. That was uh, Rosita from the Sesame Street family, along with uh, Dr. Uh, Jeanette, I think, yeah, let me make sure I've got this right. That was Dr. Jeanette Betancourt, who is the uh, Senior Vice President for U.S. Social Impact at Sesame Workshop, and Rosita, a playful five-year-old who um, hails from Mexico and speaks both Spanish and English. And as you heard, often uh, mixing words from both languages. She loves to sing and play guitar and enjoys teaching Spanish to her friends like Elmo, Abby, and Zoe. And with that, we'll uh, take a short break. More of the Tom Sumner program is straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. (laughs) 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner. Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour has just teamed up with uh, National Geographic for a uh, new children's book called A World Together that promotes unity by celebrating cultural and gen- uh, generational diversity using the words of Sonia Manzano and... Um, the the stunning photography of National Geographic. And we're going to talk about the book and about diversity and more with my guest, Sonia Manzana, or Manzano, rather, um, who most people would know as Maria from Sesame Street. And, Sonia, welcome to the show, and forgive me if I occasionally slip and call you Maria. That's quite all right. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, on the show for so long. Many people uh, call me Maria, and I actually respond to the name quite easily. I, uh, I, I've been f- kind of fighting the urge, sort of practicing to, to use your real name. But you, <laughs> but but you've been involved in other things, although that has become your Maria character on. Uh, Sesame Street has become somewhat iconic. I, I was surprised to learn that uh, when you were at Carnegie Mellon uh, University in the 70s, you got involved with the creation of uh, Godspell, which was a huge hit on Broadway. Yes, that was a wonderful experience. Uh, Godspell started out to be the uh, directorial thesis of a directing major, and uh, it was the <laughs> time of story theater and and experimentation in theater and we got thrown together and created this show that as you suggested went on and to be a big success how did you go from that to sesame street well i wish it was a a fabulous detailed story but really it was being at the right place at the right time i i was in new york doing godspell and uh, the show was on the air, I guess, two years by then, and they wanted to expand the cast to include Latino characters. The original target audience was African-American children, and uh, uh, they decided to expand the cast as uh, uh, Mexican-American activists demanded so in the West Coast, as a matter of fact, and that's how I got cast. I wish I could say I... I uh, I won over thousands of actresses, but there weren't that many Latino actors uh, uh, in New York at that time, and uh, I was happy to get the part of Maria, and that's when it all began for me. When um, Now, I, I was reading something about you, Sonia, that, that said you're first-generation mainland Puerto Rican raised in the South Bronx. Does that mean you were born in Puerto Rico or born here? It means that I was born here. Okay. As you know, Puerto Rico uh, became part of the uh, United States territory in 1921. Uh, so it's always, it's been part of the United States since then. But uh, there's a distinction between, obviously, the folks born on the island and those born here. I had never even been to Puerto Rico until I was 14, it was a place my parents spoke about. My whole experience was on 
I don't want to say United States because that includes Puerto Rico, so that's why I say mainland. And, and I was surprised to, to read about your, your work with the Bronx uh, Children's Museum, that the Bronx didn't have an actual children's museum, that they, they have one that is uh, on a bus, um, but, but you're looking yes. to make a more permanent location. Yes, yes, it's the only borough in, in uh, New York that doesn't have a children's museum, which is a real shame because the Bronx... Uh, has a lot of children who are underserved who would really benefit from having a, a museum in their midst. So there was a bus that went around to schools with certain science projects and museum-type exhibits, but uh, we've been working, I guess, for the past 10 years to have a, um, a brick-and-mortar museum where, where the school children can visit. We broke ground a few years ago, and then uh, we were... Uh, moving quite along and COVID came along and has kind of put the kibosh on on a lot of the work but we're we're confident that we will succeed yeah I I hear that a lot Maria you know things were going great and then COVID (laughs) that yes that happens in a lot of my conversations lately (laughs) Um, I was really surprised that the Bronx didn't have a children's museum and for some reason I always I don't know why, but I've always imagined Sesame Street was in the Bronx. Oh, well, that's interesting. I, I, I don't I, know why I place it there, but I, but I kind of no, do. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, it was actually, I think, you know, placed in Harlem, in uh, uh, in Manhattan, in the, in the minds of those creators. But what, the fact that you say uh, you place it in the Bronx is interesting, and it shows... Uh, uh, how wonderful and how everybody related to Sesame Street because it, they place it wherever they like. I've been in fields in Idaho, cornfields, <laughs> and kids will tell me that this is where Sesame Street is. <laughs> oh, that's great! That is great. Yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's Oscar the Grouch that makes me think of the Bronx. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is? One of the writers came up with the fact that uh, Oscar the Grouch should be like the New York City cab driver. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, that's kind of tough, rough New York. Jimmy Breslin, uh, uh, Peter Hamill, kind of New York columnist writer. (laughs) Uh, Sensibility for Oscar. Now, you've um, put together several... uh, books for children and young adults um you won 15 emmys for staff writing uh, when you were with sesame street and the um i i, I guess i want to find out how the how the books evolved and how you ended up teaming up with national geographic for this new book a world together well i uh as you said, I started writing on Sesame Street, and uh, and that's a kind of interesting. I never thought of myself as a writer. It was never introduced to me as something that I could do. Uh, so I always I always uh, mention to people that kids have to be introduced to certain jobs and and opportunities that they can take part of. I would never have thought of myself as a writer simply because nobody ever introduced it to me that I could be a writer. But I had some questions with the Latino content on Sesame Street. 
and I would bring up my concerns with the producer, and finally she said, why don't you try writing it some of yourself? Well, that kind of took me aback, but I I stepped up to the plate, and and that's how I started writing scripts. I knew the characters, and I could put them in Latin uh, situations. Uh, And then I I read a wonderful book called uh, Angela's Ashes, as you know, the book from Frank that Frank McCourt wrote, and I was so stunned by the beauty, and uh, as you know, it's the story of the world's most miserable Irish childhood. But told with, <laughs> it's terrible, but it's told with humor and compassion. And uh, I had a troubled uh, upbringing myself, but I always had a sense of humor about it. And I was inspired by that book to start writing picture books, and I wrote. Uh, no dogs allowed and a box full of kittens based on little childhood experiences that I had in in the Bronx. Uh, a Miracle on 133rd Street is another picture book. And I've gone on to write uh, uh, memoirs and a young adult novel. But, th- but this book, National Geographic, A World Together, is the first book that had to do with photographs. And that kind of changed things a little bit for me. Oh, the photographs are stunning, as with everything National Geographic does. Um, but but coupled with your words, it makes for a uh, a great uh, a, a great book. But but there's more to it than just uh, prose and great photos. Um, it's it's the sentiment behind it. And how is it that 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 message is uh, so important even now after all the years of of promoting diversity with Sesame Street and other things you've done? Well, as you can imagine, I'm I'm stunned and disappointed that we're we're still grappling with these uh, uh, racial injustice and and we are uh, we've become. It seems to be more intolerant than we even were in 1969. And I really felt that in, at that time with the civil rights movement and, and being inspired by Martin Luther King Jr. And even President Johnson was going to create the great society in America. And it was an idealistic time, even as we fought an unpopular war in Vietnam, I thought we had made great strides as far as tolerance and accepting each other and letting everybody sit at the great American table. So I'm really disappointed that uh, it seems that we haven't made the strides that we, we thought we had. And I always think, don't think because you deal with something in one generation, it's going to spill on over to the next generation. Uh, and, uh, but I think we have to continue, especially now where there's so much, so much divisiveness, as you know, in our country, to bring it back and maybe uh, sure, frighten kids. There are seven-year-old children who have never known anything but this past four years of chaos 
And uh, I think it's good to remind them that we are all the same, that we all have part of the human condition. We all feel happy, sad, hungry. Some people are hungry for for uh, pizza, and some people are hungry for caviar, but it's all, it's the same experience. And it's the cultures that make us different from each other, and those things are to be celebrated. I was always also taken by the phrase that, uh, 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 you know, or the idea that we all look at the same sun and the moon. We're all warm, uh, warmed by the same sun, and that's, that that pulls us together as well. I, I've um, I always been, I don't know, kind of amazed by the fact that um, that so many people have these different tastes where food is concerned, and uh-huh, people uh-huh. seem, you know, the same people who might um, discriminate against. Uh, Latinx people love tacos. Do you know? Do you know what I mean about how ironic and how weird that is? They, I guess, they don't see a connection there, huh? Well, that's yeah. that's kind of what I'm wondering. But the but the book here, and and I want to ask you a little bit about the process of the book. Um, how how did that work? I mean, obviously, National Geographic. <laughs> Had these uh, had photographs, and and maybe took some for the, for the book. Um, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. did did they sort of put those together? Did did you um, serve as sort of an editor on on uh, picking what pictures would go with your words? How how did that process work? Well, the words came first, and. Uh, uh, and once that was established, National Geographic's wonderful editors came up with the photographs that might uh, accompany those words. I uh, wanted some pictures of kids in urban environments was uh, my request, and they complied. There's a kid with playing in a, in a fire hydrant, and uh, there are a couple of other city scenes because I, of course, was born and raised in the city, so I wanted some images like that. Uh, and, uh, you know, a process of, of uh, sifting through them and uh, was what came to the final, the final collection. I was happy that I was able to include pictures of my, my family in the back of the book because I went into my head thinking what photographs meant to me. And I remember this photograph of my mother and sister in Puerto Rico taken before I was born here. And they are very nicely dressed, but they are standing in front of these wooden shacks that seem very impoverished to me. And I remember looking at those photos and being fascinated by them and looking at my mother here and looking back at the photo and... And uh, photos tell many stories. You wonder about the people in them and what they're feeling. And I wanted children, and I want children to look at this book with adults or friends and really examine the pictures and wonder about the people and wonder about the kids that are sitting in their school 
uh, on that's really uh, a huge area, a huge sandy area, and they're all sitting in a straight line. There's a picture of that. And as you mentioned, the food photos, there's kids eating uh, wonderful different kinds of foods. And I, I hope that the images will inspire kids to say, wow, I wonder what he's feeling and what that tastes like. And is that anything like ice cream? Or is that like a piragua or a coquito, if you're Latin, and that's what you like to eat? How, um, how were you able to blend the things that make us different and the things that make us the same? Well, that's a very interesting question, and we I remember when Sesame Street, dealing with the cultural diversity, had to say, we're all the same, but at the same time, we're different, because we wanted to celebrate various, various cultures. And I think what I, the way I decided to, to deal with it in the book is saying, we're all the same as human beings. As I said before, we all feel lost, we all need a place to live, we all need shelter from the rain. We all, that's, nobody says, I don't need shelter from being outside. Everybody needs shelter. And everybody needs food. And everybody needs air. And those are the things that make us one. And on, the, on top of that, the things that make us different are the things we can enjoy about each other. Different music and different, and, and, and different foods. But the basic human experience is the same. Uh, you know, most people will, if you see a turtle on its back, will turn it right, will turn it right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it back on its feet. You know, that's, a, that's a, uh, something that's shared. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I, I have to believe that. I, I think that... Uh, I keep quoting uh, James Baldwin, who said in the 50s something along the lines of, uh, I am alive, therefore I am hopeful. <laughs> nice sentiment. I don't see what else to do. Yeah. What is it you're hoping that uh, parents and grandparents and, and family members and children, you're, you're really encouraging them to read this book together? And, and what experience are you hoping that they, they get out of that? I, I hope that the, uh, the grown-ups entertain whatever uh, thoughts the children have in a very sincere way. Children have a certain way of seeing the world, and often, too often we try to dictate to them how they should see it and how they should feel about it. And I think that we should let them express their own feelings about it. I'm always taken and struck by watching uh, news, show, news stories, terrible news stories, let's say, of, of Syrian children and everything that, they're, that they are going through. Some of them uh, have been in refugee camps so long, they don't know that birds fly in the sky and fish swim in the ocean. They've just been in these refugee camps for so long. And a camera will come into to where they are living and the kid will look at the camera and smile and wave. <laughs> you know, they have a resilience. It's still something ch charming for them that a camera is there. And they make a funny face or, you know, they, 
they nudge their little their little companion. And uh, so this kid is still looking at the world, you know, with bright eyes, open eyes. Oh, look at that camera's taking a picture of me. What should I do? Should I, you know, make a face, stick my tongue out? Uh, even though they are in this terrible situation. So there's a lot of kids in this book. And I hope that uh, uh, the adults show it to the kids and, and allow the kids to express what they're thinking. Are they thinking the kid is bored or silly? or uh, and, and in that way, uh, I think the child will get an understanding of being in the other guy's shoes and, uh, and feeling for the other guy. We, we, we pay a lot of lip service to empathy these days. And empathy is really just putting yourself in the other guy's shoes and seeing how he sees the world. Or liking their favorite food. Or liking their favorite food, you bet. I must be hungry. I must be hungry, Sonia, because I keep thinking about food. About food, right, right. Now, I I have the book here. Yeah. And I'm looking at the uh, pictures you were talking about of your mother and your sister. But there's also a picture on that page of you with a little furry Sesame Street friend named Rosita. Um, <laughs> did did you play a role in uh, the creation of Rosita? I actually did. Very, I think I named her maybe the Monster of the Caves. Uh, for a very long time, the show was criticized. Sesame Street was criticized for not having a puppet a female puppet or an ethnic puppet as popular as Cookie Monster or Grover. And uh, it was very difficult because the female puppet or the ethnic puppet would have to be so perfect they wouldn't be funny. In order to have a good puppet, they have to be compulsive or neurotic. Uh, A Cookie Monster is but funny because he's compulsively eats cookies all the time and Grover's funny because he's neurotically helpful at all times <laughs> and that's why we're laughing at them but if you could if you made a female monster like cookie monster who ate a lot of cookies we would have been accused of showing girls with eating disorders let's back to food likes cookies too much if we had a, a, a Puerto Rican Grover, people would have said, oh, why are you showing this Puerto Rican character as just being so subservient and helpful all the time? Uh, you know, like a doorman or something. Right, right. So, so all, all, yeah, all of those criticisms made so we would create these these or Henson would create these puppets that were so perfect they weren't funny. They were, you know, they had to have extreme behavior. More with Sonia Manzano, Sesame Street's Maria Straight Ahead. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com 
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place 
where you never get harmed. A magical place with magical charms. Indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Sonia Manzano, Sesame Street's Maria, straight ahead. Interestingly enough, most puppeteers at that time were men. So I wonder if, like, boys don't get enough time to play with dollies, and then they grow up to be puppeteers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you think there's a connection there? Uh, I, so. <laughs> I don't know how you could co- not come to that conclusion with all the time you spent around Sesame Street and all those guys creating those uh, fabulous uh, Muppets. Yeah, yeah, but finally we have uh, 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 Rosita is the secret to her success is that there's a real Latina actress, female, playing the role of Rosita, and that gave it its authenticity. I mean, we kept having all these men do these little girl voices. It just <laughs> sounded like men doing little girl voices. Well, that's been kind of a signature for Sesame Street and the Muppets, is, you know, Frank Oz and uh, Jim Henson and some of those people doing those silly, you know, cartoon voices and um, gender bending and all that. Yeah, yeah, I was lucky to to sort of be there in that that perfect storm of uh of people coming together, Jim Jim Henson and uh Jeff Moss and John Stone and Joan Gans Cooney and Joe Raposo. Uh it's sort of like like the Beatles, you know, like separately yeah. the Beatles are wonderful, but together they created an explosion. And that's what Sesame Street was. And it was also the time, the time that it was created and was, as I said, this kind of idealistic, groundbreaking. There had been educational children's shows before Sesame Street. Sure. But this was the first one that wanted to give it uh, sophisticated production values and uh, just like television. It really embraced television. You had to have a gag, and you had to have a story, and you had to uh, have real performers who could really sing and dance. And that's what was different about it. Now, about I mentioned it. I mentioned you got uh, that that you have received fifteen Emmys for staff writing at Sesame Street, but you have a number of other prestigious awards too, and some awards for your writing. Um, you have the Lifetime Achievement Award uh, from the 43rd Annual Daytime Emmy Awards, uh, the C- Congressional Hispanic Caucus Award, and the Hispanic Heritage Award for Education. But with 15 Emmys, I have to ask, do you have a trophy case <laughs> just packed full <laughs> of these awards that's in the center of your living room or something? No, no, I, no, I don't. I used to have a a, a piano that I kept them under the piano. That was a nice place for them. And then I got rid of the piano. So now they're just scattered all over the house in, uh, in, uh, in various bookcases. Uh, uh, it's a nice problem to have. I had a friend who had eight Emmys and made a, a table out of them, put the glass oh, top wow. on the table. <laughs> so, Interesting. So that was, uh, yeah, that was, a. Uh, 
a nice idea. Well, let me let me ask quickly because before we run out of time, Maria, because you're such a delight to talk to. You're as much fun to talk to as you've been to watch on Sesame Street all these years. <laughs> um, but um, I, I want to ask beyond the beyond the book, which is uh, a world together from uh, Sonia Manzano, uh, Sesame Street's Maria, and National Geographic Kids. Um, you have some other projects in the works. We mentioned the the Bronx Children's Museum, but you're also uh, in the process of developing an animated children's uh, series with uh, the Fred Rogers uh, Company. Yes, that's a, that's very exciting. We're in the midst of, uh, of of developing that, and what's really interesting is that we're doing it during COVID. This is a so, tough time to be uh, developing anything, uh, isn't it? I, I know, I know. But the fact that it's an animated series is is good because, you know, animators are in Canada and actors are in their various homes recording the voices. But uh, it's a, I, it's an exciting series. That, as you said, it's with Fred Rogers Productions. I created the series. And I have to be coy. I can't tell you the title, the name of it yet, but I <laughs> okay. can tell you, I can tell you that it takes place in the Bronx and it's about a little girl and it's very personal. Interesting. Um, I, I almost called you Maria. Um, Sonia, <laughs> I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I sure do. It's soniamanzano.com. Sonia, thank you so much for spending this time with me and all the time you've spent with all of us over the years. Well, thank you so much, and stay healthy, and good luck. Take care. That was uh, Sonia Manzano. She is uh, also known as Sesame Street's Maria. Her new book is uh, A World Together with uh, National Geographic Kids. It's uh, an incredible book. Anyway, we're going to uh, take a short break. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. What's the matter? All right, all right. Blanche, Blanche. I'm putting a ribbon in my hair. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I'd like to look nice this morning. Why? I knew you'd forget. You don't even know what day this is. I do, too. It's rent day. It is not. Today happens to be our wedding anniversary. Well, I knew it was a sad occasion of some kind. What kind of a remark is that? That's supposed to be funny. No, it isn't supposed to be funny, Blanche. I'm just groggy, that's all. I'm sorry. I knew you'd forget. I didn't forget it. So why didn't you say something? Blanche, I just opened my eyes. You forgot it. I tell you, I didn't forget it. But even if I did, you'd remind me of it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Is that all? No plans? We've been married eight years. Don't you want to do something? 
No, it's too late to do anything. It's sad about you. How you suffer. I didn't get such a bargain, you know. Okay, okay. There's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. There's better bait, too. I'm serious. Okay, I'm sorry. You hack away at me in the morning and I'm so exhausted, I don't know what I'm saying. You wouldn't be so exhausted if you went to bed at a reasonable hour. I had to work overtime. Pour me some coffee. Get paid? I'll get paid. What time did you get home? 12.30. If you got home at 12.30, why were you so long getting into bed? I know for a fact you didn't come to bed until almost 2. I was in the kitchen putting the stuff away. What stuff? What's the matter, Blanche? You told me to bring stuff home for the party tonight. You invited a lot of your crumb friends and you told me to bring stuff, so I brought stuff. Did you bring the potatoes for the potatoes? salad. I brought potatoes. Did you pair them? I paired them. All of them? All except one. He had a big knob on top and I couldn't find a mate for him. I meant... I know what you meant, Blanche. I even boiled them last night. Where are my pants? Who stole my pants? Nobody stole your pants. I just looked in the wastebasket and they're not there. My shoes are missing from the sink. Don't be silly, John. Your pants are on a hanger in the closet and your shoes are in the shoe rack. How'd they get there? I put them there. Well, I wish you'd quit throwing my things around like that. (laughs) Gotta get them or I'll be late. You won't be late. Here are your pants. Thanks. Blanche, these aren't my pants. They're not? Then whose pants are they? That's a good question, only I should be asking. Don't be so snobby. They were baggy, so I pressed them. Baggy? Took me an hour to find the right crease. Be careful you don't wrinkle them now. What's the difference? I like my pants to look lived in. You're dragging the tops on the floor. Hold your trouser leg with your left hand, then step in with your right foot. Blanche, I've been putting on my own pants for over 40 years, and I don't need you to be the foreman of it. Which one? It doesn't matter. I want to use it for a belt. My suspenders are broken. Why don't you wear your belt? I'm using it to keep the soles from falling off my shoes. John Fitterson, you know you're just... I know it. I know I haven't got a belt. Where's my shirt? Where did you hide my shirt? I didn't hide it anywhere. Well, where is it? I draped it around the canary's cage so he could sleep. Is my shirt the only rag you could find to cover the bird's cage with? Hasn't hurt anything, has it? No, but I don't like the way that bird pokes into my pockets. Every time I take a cigarette out, I'm smoking bird seed. Why do you have to cover the cage anyway? The canary is sensitive to light. Well, get him a pair of sunglasses. Leave my shirt alone. No bird's going to sleep later than I do. Ah, shut up. John, why must you be so mean on our anniversary? Blanche, I'm not mean. I'm worried. Business is bad. My job is hanging by a thread. You never should have quit your other job. You made me quit. You said it wasn't dignified selling bowling balls. You were embarrassed to answer when people asked you what your husband sold. Well, it sounded like it was trying to start a fight. That's no problem for you. I gotta go. Here, and don't forget your samples. I won't forget. This darn vacuum cleaner gets heavier every day. Straighten this hose around my neck, will you, Blanche? There, there. Now, got everything? I think so. No, wait a minute. You got any money? Well, there's 50 cents in the sugar bowl. 50 cents? You can bring me the change when you come home. Now listen, Blanche, something's got to be done about this. I can't go down to work like a pauper every day. A man's got to have a couple dollars in his pocket. Now don't yell at me. I don't mind going with torn clothes and holes in my socks, but I'm not going to suffer through those lunches anymore. What's the matter with your lunches? You ought to know. You pack them for me. I'm just getting sick of carrying my lunch to work in a paper 
sack. Why can't I go to the restaurant like the other fellas? John, what are you talking about? I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. John, that's the garbage. Goodbye, Blanche. Goodbye, dear. Happy anniversary. You pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here! It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here! It's time.